Good morning, Fran Bridgewater. Thank you for joining the show. Good morning, Gillian. Hello from the Douro Valley in Portugal, where it is evening time. It is dark. And I'm sitting <laughs> by, by the Douro River in a very, very beautiful restaurant owned by the Symington Family Estate Group. So, Fran, what are you doing in the Douro Valley? Right. Well, I'm on a recce at the moment because I'm, as you say, I wear many hats. Um, my hat is for the next couple of years, co-producer of a feature film, which is wine based and wine themed all the way through. And we're going to be shooting in the Douro from June next year. So I'm here on a recce on behalf of the film director and we're live streaming with the film director as we go across various venues, various quintas, as they're called, these family, family wine estates. Wow, that is exciting. So, okay, I mean, how do you go about casting this? Any names we might know? Um, Jeremy Irons, definitely. A <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, yeah, wonderful Jeremy Irons, who I accidentally ended up putting my arms around last year to save him from falling into the River Thames. I'm the sure that was accidental, friends. Yes. I'm sure that was accidental. <laughs> What a delightful gentleman. But we're very much hoping that he'll be in a cameo role. Uh, we're also looking at a, a famous actress from one of the, or several of the James Bonds. Uh, wow. And we have an actor who was in uh, the James Bond uh, Skyfall with Daniel Craig. He was in a Heineken promotion where he runs through the train as a bleached blonde haired assassin chasing after oh. Daniel Craig in the opening scenes. I know it well. I'm a massive Bond fan. So, wow, that's a, you're really hobnobbing. That's, that's, that is so exciting and so completely different to, to the world of wine. But somehow you managed to tie it all together. So, so I mean, at the moment, apart from all of this movie stuff, you've, you've got the volcanic wines thing. You're doing the Beaujolais run. Let's start with volcanic wines. What's happening in that space? What are we meant to be keeping an eye out for? What's What's been going on in the last, you know, the last sort of six months? Right. Well, so, since we saw each other, we basically launched Volcanic Wines of the World. As you know, Inner FM had the exclusive on it, had the scoop on it. That's right. Yes, very proud. <laughs> During the London Wine Fair. Um, since then, we've had our first inaugural event. We had 250 trade, 120 consumers in the evening. And the aim is Volcanic Wines of the World is a new trade generic for the world. Oz Clark described it as there are all sorts of really interesting corners of the world that all have fantastic volcanic wines. And what we're doing is we're bringing the whole lot together under one umbrella. And so the aim is volcanic wines. Volcanic wines mean a lot to consumers because where consumers often will say, oh, I don't know much about wine. My friends do when they come to dinner with me. They go, I'm so sorry about the wine. But whereas everybody knows what a volcano is, they're very comfortable with volcanic wines, uh, volcanic wine island travel sits up in the luxury tourism kind of area and people who are really engaged as well. So it, it's a whole new category for the trade, on trade and off trade, basically. So as, as you say, you know, a lot of people, everyone knows what a volcano is. And of course, you know, I think a lot of people might go straight to say Etna, a lovely Etna Rosso, that, that sort of style. But it, it really does. It's so much broader than that. So when someone does say to you, what exactly is a volcanic wine? What is your like elevator pitch? What, what's your call? The, the pitch is that volcanic wines can be from mainly islands, but not exclusively. So central mm. France, the Auvergne region, for example, has got a lot of volcanic wines as well. I think what people notice with volcanic wines is that there's distinct min minerality. So in, sure. if you give somebody a glass of normal tap water and volcanic uh, mineral water, 
anybody not trained will be able to smell and taste there is a difference there is a distinct earthy peaty kind of difference that doesn't come through in the same way in wine but it comes through subtly in about the top two percent of the flavor and that's enough that it kind of brings the category home a little bit more from a consumer perspective this is the concept sure. that people will notice salinity minerality and intensity of flavor because it's some of the most rugged arid most difficult to grow conditions in the what volcan in the wine world volcanic volcanic soil is incredibly hard it conducts heat really well it, it it does all sorts of things that make it very very extreme and if it's islands it's extreme temperatures extreme winds they have they have hail mm. in santorini so santorini is another you say Etna. Etna's very well yes. known, Santorini in Greece equally. And they have a whole area of the island that was massively hit by hail. Italy, I know, was hit by it as well this year. Yes, so, yes. The challenges. So I think I think the volcanic wine growers are particularly interesting because they are true pioneers, uh, striving against the hardest conditions known to man to create amazing wines. Sure, absolutely. And look, I think um, a lot of people would be aware of the soil and the, and the intensity of, the, of that volcanic soil. And um, what, what sort of characteristics does it produce in its wines? I mean, we understand the minerality and all of that, but from more of the, the tasting characteristics, what does the volcanic soil do to the wine and why, and why do we love that? Well, there's a huge debate about it at the moment, whether terroir does dictate or not. And it's... Mm -hmm. I Geologists say that a number of the minerals don't fully come through, but they do come through in an essence. Like if you're growing vines by the sea, you'll get a salinity, you'll get a notice of that. But I think more than anything else, in answer to your question, is it's the intensity and the concentration of flavour. It's whenever in France, as you know, when we were in Bordeaux together, they like to say that the vine has to suffer. The more the vine suffers, yes. the harder it works. The, the yes. more concentrated the fruit, you don't want volume, you don't want big, blown up, really watery grapes but you want constant yes. flavour and I think this is what volcanic soil does because it's that much more of a struggle but the minerals will come through to an extent and it's a debate that we'll be having at the exclusive press tasting which we're hosting as the next event on the 21st of November so what we're doing is we're conscious that with carbon footprint and everything else with travel being so expensive we're trying to yep. create a number of touch point events throughout the year where people can can zoom in like this, for example, on Teams, so that you can talk uh, through through hybrid means, so that not everybody has to travel. So that is that wow. is on plan as well. Well, I'm certainly going to be involved in that, so keep me posted. Uh, just just whilst we're still on volcanic, before we move on, and um, do you personally find uh, uh, that some of the volcanic wines from certain areas are are more favourable to you, or because of course they're going to be so different. You know, all the islands, all the countries, they're going to be so different. But are you personally loving from certain areas? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely loving Santorini. I went to twice this summer. Uh, the Santorini Assyrticos are so acidic, so vibrant, mm. so thirsty, so full of life. They cleanse the palate. Uh, the other thing is Vinsanto, and at our event, they're very into Vinsanto, which is the sweet dessert wine from, from mm. Italy and also from Greece. But they serve it with the Italian dessert tiramisu, and we did... Ah. Event. We had a top Gérard Basset trained development chef, who's a pastry chef, and he made a tiramisu using Vinsanto all the way through. So I think anybody that's into a rubber Glen Muscat, for example, um, yes, yep. try, try a Vinsanto instead, see the difference. It's still got uh -huh. the orange 
off-the-heel kind of marmalady characters, but mm. it's got rich, treacly qualities and kind of date qualities as well. So I think Vincento, Vincento from Santorini has my heart at the moment. <laughs> I love it. And thank you for sharing. I love an Assertico as well. So it's kind of almost like the Chardonnay for them. And uh, yes. it's a, it's very, oh, it's, I, I drink it religiously and I love going to a good Greek restaurant and always grab a bottle of Assertico for sure. So I, I love this. And I think Volcanic Wines is really coming to the fore. I love that there's such a spotlight on it. I love that you happen to be the, the, the person holding the spotlight. So, um, and always keep us updated. But look, there are so many other things that are going on in your world. So talk to us about this Beaujolais run. Like this has been going on for decades, I understand. So what? So so give us the story. Okay, so 52 years ago they started. It wow. was English guys drinking in Beaujolais, and they had a plan because Beaujolais Nouveau, Beaujolais Cru. The Beaujolais mm. is the first of the of the French red wines to release. It releases on the third Thursday in November, and they basically said, wouldn't it be fun to try and race back to England? It became a like the Cannibal Run, the film in the in the late seventies, I believe it was. <laughs> thing to to drive over in vintage sports cars, supercars, vintage fire engines, whatever. Drive to France. You have a blessing by the mayor. He does a candlelit torch procession through the town until midnight. He gives a blessing to the wine, and then the following morning, all the cellar doors open. You buy whichever wine you want, and you get it back to England as fast as you can within legal limits, um, and to get it to the top <laughs> restaurants, top pubs, top bars, whatever. And it's a real thing. It's a celebration. Beaujolais Nouveau et Arrivé is used, used to be the phrase, and they're still using it. But essentially, what it became is it became a race until some RAF fast jet pilots decided to do the race in an RAF Harrier jet. And so they made it back quicker than anybody else. So they both broke all the records. And at that point, everyone wow. said, okay, we need to change the style. It shouldn't be by speed. If you're having alcohol and driving, you shouldn't be going for speed anyway. You shouldn't be yeah. having alcohol and driving. You've got to separate mm -hmm. two. So mm -hmm. they did a navigational challenge. So what we're effectively doing is it's a six-day charity wine dash. So we go and we are guests of the some of the top champagne houses in the world. We are family wow. guests in their family cellars. We get to see amazing vineyards, but we get to do navigational challenges as well, where we run around uh, vineyards, our pills. We have to take photos of ourselves on airfields, and, and it's all for charity. And then I'm heading back to England, Windsor, Windsor Castle, where, where the Royal Castle is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Christmas lights switch on on the, <gasps> the 18th. So I'm going to oh. back to a pub in Windsor where a whole team of, of punters, spectators, and everyone else are waiting for us to arrive back. And I'm I'm in the only all-female race team this year. It's not racing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a homecoming. <laughs> So it's, I will I will keep you fully informed, but it's going to be a lot of fun because of the security of the event. We have to mm. we have to live stream twelve hours behind, so we can't do a live stream. We can record and then broadcast through social media, so that we're not compromising because we're we're bit, we're gaining access to incredible venues that people wouldn't. Yes. Do. So it's it's a very special event, and it's been a dream of mine since I could first learn to drive. So seeing as I turned 50 this year, that this is the year I'm doing it. That's the year. So so how do you get involved in it? It sounds like it's a very exclusive thing to do. So how do you do you need to be chosen? Do you apply? What's the process? Yeah, you effectively you 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 somewhat need to be chosen. Uh, I know the organizer. I've known him for a number of right. years. That helps. <laughs> 
I was supposed to be going with the champagne fire truck, which is a vintage 1972 fire truck. They got COVID, go, uh, and uh, so basically the organisers they they have a sign up, and then you have a selection process, and then when you make it through the selection process, I believe there are about 20 race teams. But I'm I'm racing with I'm with with it's not called race team navigational teams. I need to not say race. Um, but uh, Tina Cooper is a racing driver, and she is a fully trained. Right as well so we've got the ability to recover our vehicle should we have any problems at any time and i speak fluent french as you know so we're, we're, yes. we're i'm going to talk my way out of trouble or she's going to engineer us out of trouble oh look if anyone can talk themselves out of trouble fran it is you i've certainly learned that so what's the end result what actually what what does the what happens you, you win i understand it's for charity what do you win uh, you can win, first of all, position one and position two, and you have a number one or a number two on your vehicle. Uh, right. Second of all, there are prizes throughout the week for various feats of navigation and other. other. There, there are anagrams, there are all sorts of things we need to solve. Uh, but there are wine dinners, there are wine prizes, there are motorsport prizes. So it's mainly people who are motorsport engaged, who are wine engaged and who love luxury travel. And it's a combination of all three, but we're going to have some amazing dinners. I think we're going yes. to do strong stretches of driving. And I think we'll be worn out by the end of it. And I've already done Portugal this week. So I've I've got a one and a half day turnaround until I'm off on the charity Beijolet run. Well, you'll certainly be deserving a nice glass of wine at the end of it. So so whilst you are actually in Portugal, actually in the Dora. So, OK, so what's in that glass? What are you drinking? And this glass is Quinto de Ataide Bio 2017. And it's a combination of Tariga Franca and Tariga Nacional, which sit mm -hmm. in their, their port grapes traditionally. Yes. And then there's Alicante Bouchette as well. And this seems Beautiful. to be like a Bordeaux blend. This seems to be the Douro blend. And I think right. the beautiful thing about the Douro, which I'd love you to see, I want you to come and visit it, Gillian, is we're here in autumn. It's autumn for us here at the moment. Mm. All the leaves are turning. And Portugal is very, very famous, in particular the Douro, for doing field blends. So they have mixed varietals in the same field, in the same parcel. And so when mm. we were driving tonight, we were seeing beautiful rainbow rainbow parcels of, of vineyards. Oh, gorgeous. All different colours. So it's a myriad of colours. I will share some more photos tomorrow. I know this is radio, but it's very good to be able to describe. The visuals are absolutely stunning. And they're in beautiful lines that look like sun sun rays radiating. They're, it's it's beautiful. more inspiring here. It's very beautiful. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we can have some fun on Instagram with those for sure. But look, Portuguese wines, I absolutely adore. I mean, Port, of, of course. And I, I've actually spent a fair bit of time in Portugal, but I haven't been to the Douro Valley. It's, it's been more uh, Lisboa and Porto and, and I guess and around. Um, you know, it, it, it can't be having a beautiful port in Porto. And actually, I'm quite a fan of the White Port. That's I'm a very, very big fan of that. But, you know, the Alvarinos, that's going to be one of my favourite white varietals. And I think Australia produces really, really good Alvarino, Alvarino, however you want to call it. Um, beautiful food wine, the minerality of that. So talk us through some of the other Portuguese wines, because I'm sure you're drinking a fair few. And you've got a sommelier there, Lewis, that I'm imagining that the uh, the wine list is fairly excellent. 
Yeah, the wine list is absolutely excellent. It's a very, very extensive wine list. Luis has actually vanished at the moment. He was hoping to join us um, because he would be able to tell us a lot more. Um, in Portugal, the varieties are enormous. You're right. Alvarinho is how they pronounce it, and Albarinho in Spain. It depends which it depends which side of the border, and they are lovely. Yes white wines but what you've got in particular i think there are limits to portuguese wine production each quinta is is limited so therefore a lot of the diversification that's happening now in the valley is far more towards still wines and especially mm -hmm. is enormous and i think years ago portugal was known for bulk wines and more affordable wines but the quality now is exceptional it's second to none and i think what's lovely is the price quality ratio is exceptionally good so i would encourage yes. everyone to buy some portuguese wine because it is i it is exquisite what we're drinking tonight is absolutely it is elegant it is refined it is it is full of very ripe richness but it's also got it's got floral elegance and lightness to it, it these are beautiful wines they're really well made Yes, right. Now, I, it'd be remiss of me if we didn't at least touch on the incident that happened, well, it's probably a few months ago now, the uh, the river of wine in yeah. Portugal. Yeah. What What's your take? What, what, what happened? I don't know. I don't know the details at all, but all I know is tragic. Whenever there is wine that is spilling through the streets like like. Mm like running through is it is it is completely tragic um so i do not know the details at all but but there, there have been several there's been another incident re recently as well that i understand that a lorry load full of full of wine was was hacked at basically and so it was all spilling all through the streets so i wouldn't know the details at all but it, it is it is it, a I think what's special about wine production is it takes an entire vineyard year in order to produce wine, whereas whereas beer can be produced at various points in the year, spirits can as well, uh, cider can as well. Wine is the one thing that you have to wait and see what the what the year gives you in terms of weather, climatic conditions, and it's everyone's hearts and souls go into this. So when it runs through the streets and is wasted, I think it's just it's a it's a proper crying shame. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it's a tragedy, and I think you know there was a lot of speculation about it. Of course, is it um, was it an accident? Wasn't it an accident? Uh, you know who's involved, and of course, and you're right. Somebody knows, but um, it's just hope something that you don't want to see again. Because you're right, that's a whole year's vintage. That's that's a lot of hard work and blood, sweat, and tears that go into that sort of thing. So it's um, anyway. I, I had to mention, you know, it, it is in Portugal. So just uh, we've got a couple of minutes left just to wrap. What's happening with you for the, for the next few days? Uh, paint us a picture of what your itinerary looks like. Okay, well, I'm with Shirley Kumar, who was the news editor of Harper's Wine magazine in the UK. Oh. And I write, among many other things, for the buyer. Uh, what we've got coming up in the next couple of days, we are touring tomorrow. We're touring Douro. Then we're heading down to a place called Coimbra, which is halfway between uh, Porto and Lisbon in the south. Mm -hmm. So they're the two major cities. Coimbra has got the oldest university in the whole of Portugal, and they are hosting a three-day event called Wine Future. It's a conference, and we have experts from all across the world, including Angela Jones will be pleased to hear, Bruce Dickinson, the former lead singer of Iron Maiden. <laughs> she will love that. <laughs> She'll love it. She'll love it. So you're going to have to play some Iron Maiden this week, please, for Bruce Dickinson. We've got Gary Vaynerchuk. 
Gary Vaynerchuk, the business strategist guru extraordinaire. We have it being led by Pancho Campo, who is again an international wine celebrity. Um, and he's also a keen sportsman who's into massive amounts of extreme scuba diving and lots of other things, I believe. Uh, it's a very, very jam-packed. Every morning we're going to be in from 9 a.m. until 6.30 p.m. It's a three-day event and uh, half of the wine world are going to be here, which is why Shirley and I are here. But we're enjoying a joint 50th birthday celebration this evening. And tomorrow we've got a spa hotel and we've got a spa hotel the next night too. So we're Eat North. She she is she is Eat North gone. Tell us in a in an instant, Shirley. Eat North. Eat North basically covers um the north of the UK and we I cover mm -hmm. food and drink and we have seven vineyards in Yorkshire, which you wouldn't right. think because it rains so much. But <laughs> the north we have more Michelin star restaurants in London and we right. have all the whiskey industry for Scotland. So we've, we've got it all. We don't need to be in London anymore. <laughs> but it's fascinating. England is, is huge. And as you know, English sparkling wine is massive on a world yes. scale, blind tasting against the top champagnes. Somewhere else, Gillian, the next time you feel like jumping on a plane, you're going to have to come and visit us in England too. I think I'm absolutely going to have to do that. Fran, this has been fabulously fun as always and extremely informative. Um, you're definitely a friend on the show. We'll get you back in the six piece in a few months' time. Happy 50th year to you. I loved meeting you uh, in, in Bordeaux a few months ago. And actually, our next guest was the person I was leaving you to go and visit, Joel. So it's it's all coming together. I'm feeling so nostalgic. But anyway, thank you so much, Fran, for your time. That's Fran Bridgewater, and she is the director of Volcanic Wines of the World by the Drinks Crew Limited and a very personal friend. Take care, good luck with the travels, and I can't wait to hear about the Beaujolais run. Lots of love to you all. Have a very lovely day. Have a lovely Sunday in Melbourne. Catch you soon, guys. Cheers. <laughs>